Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast after another league game for Sunderland and another game that we did take a point out of, albeit it did feel like a defeat and we will talk about the game and, and the situation at the club in general. Michael and John are going to be, I suppose the best way to put it, rant again. Um, we seem to do that a lot this season and in the last few seasons as well. But Michael... Just, it's, it's not a surprise yeah, anymore, is it? Yeah, I mean, there's, you, you, whether, you, whether you're Johnson in or out, you, 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 whether you're Johnson in or out, you can't, you can't defend that, can you? It's just like, I, just, I didn't see as much of the game as I would have liked. I didn't see as much of the game as I would have liked, but in saying that, it's, it, you can't, you just go, you go, when you go 1 0 up against a team that's in the relegation zone, that's threatened obviously with relegation, and they're down to 10 men as well. I just, there's just, there's just no excuse at all to not win that game. It's, I, I just can't put it any other way than that, unfortunately. Yeah. And I suppose the Ipswich win on Saturday, John, sort of, well, I don't think it really changed too much in the sense of kind of which way on the fence you were sitting with Johnson and, and the team. Um, but the one thing it did do was kind of buy him an extra game to get the performance right again, to get us heading back in the right direction. And, you know, you'd think after two weeks, albeit I know some players have been on international duty, um, you've got two weeks to get the team back to basics, the performance against it, which is poor, but you come away with a win. Um, and then yesterday, performance was poor and we haven't come away with a win. Yeah, again, it's a it's a bit of a strange one. Um, like you say, the the performance on Saturday was was not great, um, but we'll we'll take the result, and then you you then think that maybe a result can give them, um, you know, a bit of a bit of confidence and a bit of a boost. But we seem we seem to still regress into into what we are. It's it's a bit weird. It was it was interesting to hear Pritchard just talk about in his interview after the game about. We just need to keep positive, keep positive. So obviously, within the squad, you would then think there's a lot of negativity, um, and it's you know it is it is getting really negative at the moment. Um, and and yesterday was just I don't know. You can you it's the, the result against Ipswich. It, it almost put you on a not I wouldn't say a massive high, but it was like yeah, we've we've got a result here. That's what we needed. And you can bet your bottom dollar as soon as you even think being a Sunderland fan about getting you know, a little bit excited or thinking that things might have turned a corner or might have changed. We know, you know, we've all supported us long enough that it's not it's not like that. We know something is just going to be there and kick us. And it was a proper kick yesterday, you know, against 10 men. You know, we, we should be absolutely controlling the game. Whereas I'd say we look like we had 10 men against them yesterday. It was, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. And then one of the things that I mentioned when we were on that Twitter space last night, which we are going to be doing um, before and possibly after every away game that we have, um, was kind of looking back to the last season. Um, and there was, again, points there. I think we came on a podcast and, and talked about it then, where Sullen weren't performing well, but they were getting results. And every week we would come on and say, eventually, your luck's going to run out. You know, then performances aren't good enough to win games. Eventually, you'll not get the results and things will start turning sour. That Ipswich game was a very good example of that. Um, albeit, you know, that was the one win we've had in the last, I think, five league games, maybe six games in all competitions or whatever it is. 
you can somewhat defend a shift performance if you get three points, but you just can't defend what happened last night. You're playing Shrewsbury, who had 10 men for most of the game, and they were fourth bottom going into the game. Um, we had one of the Shrewsbury fans talking about it beforehand, and I think they had like four strikers on the pitch, three left-backs. They had three academy players who no one had heard of on the bench. They had a very, very thin squad, and possibly as a Shrewsbury fan, you're probably coming out of that game questioning whether you could have won it, John. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. We we have not, I don't think anyone's really covered themselves um, in glory yesterday. And I'd, I'd probably even go, you know, I think the players have got to take a lot of responsibility for yesterday. Um, but I think as well, I think the own, I think the manager's got to have a good look at himself as well. You know, if I'm, I'm probably always of the opinion, you know, we, we, we do keep the ball and we like to keep the ball. And we are, to be fair, we are good at keeping the ball. So, there, there, there is never an option to think, right, let's put another attacking player on and let's just pen them in. We will get chances because we've got the talent and let's let's try and pick them off. And, you know, we, we will nick one or two goals and they're not going to they're not going to be able to, you know, counteract that. But then you bring on Corey Evans, who, to be fair, is bang out of form, you know, um, even though, you know, most players are. But, uh, you know, then you move in uh, Gooch up top, who... Doesn't do anything up top. To be fair, he was he was quite decent at right back going forward. At least I wasn't too sure defensively, but going forward he was really good. So you're moving him out again. So you sort of, you know, you really do need to keep things simple with him. You're moving him out, then you're you're messing about with Winchester. I thought was was okay. I thought he, he sort of kept it ticking long. It's it's almost like you're just messing with the minds of these players. Let's let's keep it simple. And you know, Corey Evans. What why is Corey Evans coming on when we've got? Uh, mm. McGee, D, Dayaku, Emberton, these attacking players. Why? I know, obviously, the the first two obviously came on, you know, a, a bit later on. But why are we not going? Why are we not believing in ourselves and taking that? You know, if he'd have brought those on and, we, and then we could have got a draw. But he's gone proper attacking and we just got caught out. I think, you know, some of us would have a go. But I think most of us would, would accept that. But to not have a go and try and keep it, you know, and we, we saw how it went. They, the amount of attacks that they had, they were on top. We couldn't keep the ball. And like I said, it looked like we had, um, you know, we were down to 10 men. And it's, I think it's poor right the way, right the way through the squad. And uh, and that goes on to the manager as well, I think. Yeah. And like John's just said there, Michael, um, Corey Evans came on at 1-0 when realistically, the, at least to me, and I think most people, you know, a sensible change there would have been a Bagidi, Embleton, Diaku. You know, they're down to 10 men there for the taking. Get a second goal, you kill the game off. It's three points. We're not we're not having this debate, but we didn't. Has Johnson somewhat become a manager that's scared of losing as opposed to wanting to win the game? You know, there's the Corey Evans coming on there. It's such a negative change. You know, it, it seems like he's happy with the one-nil lead when we were clinging on to it at the time. He's done it a few times this season with like a Bailey Wright when we're one-nil up and we're clinging on to a lead. Is it becoming a point where he just doesn't want to lose? I mean, I suppose to to think of that, the question I would then ask from that is how much of these recent defeats to, say, Portsmouth and Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, how much have they scarred Johnson as much as they could have potentially scarred the players? So is it a lack of confidence from Johnson himself? I mean, if you look at the game against Ipswich, just as an example, that game to me, I know some people disagree with me, but to me, that struck me as a let's not concede first and foremost type performance. And we snuck to, we stole two goals later on. 
uh, one of which threw a keeper mistake, and then the other one was through one of the most laughable penalty decisions I've ever seen. You take it, obviously, but the point is that's very... It seemed like, I wouldn't say a negative performance, but it, it seemed like a very back-to-basics type. And last night, when you're taking off, um, I can't remember it was who came off, but um, when Evans comes on... Yeah, Aidan O'Brien. Aidan O'Brien, that's it. Yeah, OK. And then Gooch, I think, went on his place. That sounds about right. Um, the, but the point is, it just seemed, it just struck me as a, let's try and control the game. And, and uh, to play devil's advocate, maybe at that point, we... You know, Johnson would felt that we weren't controlling the game as much as we would have liked to, especially with Shrewsbury being out of 10 men. And Evans comes on to try and control the game. But I can't ignore, Evans has been poor of late. He's been really poor. So it just, I don't know what it is. I mean, ultimately for me, they're so far this season, when we, we used to, we used to win the criticism, and which was justified, by the way, that we used to draw too many games. For me, this season, we've lost too many games. Um, I think if you turn a couple of those defeats into draws, then it's it doesn't look as bad. But at the same time, if you look at the two draws that we have had, they're both games we should have won. Fleetwood, we were 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go. And with all due respect, they're another team who's in the relegation zone, should be winning that game. And then last night, again, last night was arguably worse because because we had a whole half with a man advantage. And as John said, we were the ones looking like we were playing with um, with 10 men. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a fair question. I just wonder, again, how do have the heavy defeats done more damage than what we originally thought they had. Yeah. And we've talked about Corey Evans a few times in the last few weeks, John, and I'm not his biggest fan at the moment. I don't think, you know, I think his poor performances outweighs good ones. I think Cheltenham and, and Wigan, off the top of my head, are two games where I think he's had a good game. Um, Sheffield was shocking, Rotherham was shocking, and then these last two games just, just hasn't impressed me at all. Had you said this a few months ago, you'd probably be shot down and blocked on every platform. Do we miss a Max Power in midfield? If Max Power's in this team, does Corey Evans get in ahead of him? Is Corey Evans any better than than what Max Power was for us? I I don't think he's he's any better. You know, you're looking for an upgrade. Um, I think he was, you know, he he did the leadership thing. You know, okay, I'd say. Um, Corey Evans hasn't really shown, you know, not from obviously. I know it's hard to see, but any any real leadership. Um, and then, and like you say, he's he's out of form. Um, you know, he can he can get fit for all the Northern Ireland games. You know, he's sort of like a Gareth Bale for uh, you know Real Madrid. He's always injured. He goes to Wales and he always plays. It's it's a weird one. Um, but for me, he's not. He's just not given us um, you know what we need. You you would expect him to come on yesterday and just calm calm the play down, keep the ball, recycle the ball. Not that that was what I think I I think we really needed because it was quite a it's quite a fast game. Um, but 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 for me yesterday, I think I'd even go, I'd even apportion a bit of the blame for the goal um, because he's he's on the I think he is near the edge of the box and he has a chance to clear it. Doesn't clear it. We try and pass our way out, whereas sometimes yeah. you just got to get shot when you're under the cosh. Um, it doesn't, and then you know a few other mistakes. You know, Pritchard then gives the ball away, um, and then there's sort of six players on the edge of the box and we don't we don't deal with it, and then we concede one stupid goal. Um, but in you know going back to the you know the original question, I don't I don't think Corey Evans has done us you know any justice. But it's it's a tough one because you you're looking at, at January and you're thinking, oh, what what do we need in January? Well, we need someone who's you know the the type of player we're going to pick up is maybe someone who's not playing. I, th- I think know, when from, the question from, comes, what do we need in January? We've needed the same thing in every window for the past five seasons. We need pace. We need strength. We need someone who can bully people off the ball. 
And we've said this so many times. Everyone on Twitter said it so many times. People I've heard of the football have said it so many times. It's now four seasons and what's that? Seven, maybe eight transfer windows where we haven't addressed any of the issues that are clear to see to everyone by the people in charge. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think that's it's glaringly obvious now. And I think we, we maybe in years gone by have another team in place to identify that. And maybe we're a little bit, you know, everyone's happy with the business. But it, it has shown now we're, we've been a little bit short-sighted in that aspect of, you know, we need... I thought there was a guy who played for them yesterday. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was massive. But he was just an absolute bully. He wasn't the best technically. But I think someone like him alongside Dan Neal it's probably perfect for us, just breaking up the play, driving runs, and just just give the ball off. And he was, it looked, it looked all right to me. And that that maybe is the sort of thing we need. We don't need the, you know, Corey Evans isn't going to do that. I don't think. Um, and maybe we've we've seen a few, you know, flashes of, of good performances. But you know, it's it's a bit like Pritchard. You're expecting a lot, and you you, you don't really get it for some reason. You know, we haven't really. We haven't really had any players come in and absolutely flourish who are who are banging form, you know, who have been playing for their team. It's it just doesn't happen at Sunderland for some reason. But January's, you know, a, you know, a bit off topic. But January coming round, we need some. It looks now like we need some serious work doing. Um, whereas you know, you just said four or five weeks ago before the Portsmouth game, we probably would have only needed maybe you know one player just to maybe freshen it up. Whereas now we're looking and thinking, Christ, we need, you know, we do we do need quite a lot of work at the moment. Yeah. Just to, just to put in there, with what John's just said there, do either of you two think then that the, the strategy for the next five weeks is stay in touch till January, hopefully address things and then click from there? And I know that sounds quite defeatist because we really shouldn't be having to do that. But that's what I think it's, it's starting to feel like to me. It feels like, OK, we've got so many players out of position. We've got so many players injured. Let's just stay in touch till Christmas and then see where we go from there. Yeah, because you've got some big games coming up as well, though, don't you? I think we've got Plymouth coming up. You've got Cambridge on Saturday, which I think yeah. they were 2-0 up against Wigan um, last night and well. finished 2-2. So you've got some big games. And like Kyle said last night, we are still sixth. You know, two games in hand on some of the teams above us, one game in hand on some of them. You know, we're not, the season's not a write-off, you know, no matter how you try and put it. We're, I think we're five points from top. Um, with two games in hand, which again, you know, it's a big if having the big uh, having the games in hand. Do you win them? Do you not? If you do, you're in a good position. If you don't, then you're back to square one. But well, one of those games in hand is going to be weekend after next against Oxford, so we'll wait and find out. Yeah, but the other question that I've mentioned to a few people, John, is you know, there's going to be some people who think Johnson Johnson should stay. That's a hard one to say that. Um, and there's going to be some that think you should go. Um, and I can totally see the argument for both sides. But the question is, at what point does the risk of keeping them outweigh the possibility of them turning this around? You know, at what point do you draw the line of think, right, well, now we need to make a change? You know, is it a defeat on Saturday? If we win on Saturday and lose the next game, is that when you change it? Or, you know, you know, when when does the risk become overwhelming yes uh, that's quite the conundrum Um, I think personally for me I think maybe he gets till sort of mid-December and then I think it's not I don't think it's necessarily then about obviously results do matter don't get me wrong but if we you know if we start to fall out of there and the performances um, are not 
you know, are not showing us that it, we have turned a bit of a corner. Um, because, you know, last night, I think the first half yesterday, I think we were okay. Um, and second half, we sort of we sort of just fell off a cliff. But, you know, if we if we can get a result on Saturday whilst playing well, because I think performances do, don't get me wrong, the Ipswich game, you've, you've got to take it to context. Okay, like uh, Michael said, we stayed in the game. And I think it was a very much a back to basics. Let them do their thing. They didn't stay in the game long enough that if you get your chance, you're going to win. Um, that, that's okay now and again. But I think for a team who are going to win the league, which is, you know, the ambition and should be, um, I think you you have got to see performances because we're not going to be able to, as we call it, shit house our way all the way to the top league. Because I, I don't think we're that we're that type of team. Um, I want to see us going back to. And playing, you know, when when Broadhead was running the show, you know, just before he got injured, which was a shame. And that type of football that, you know, going up against most teams toe-to-toe, that we would turn them over. But that hasn't happened. You know, we've been smashed off teams. We haven't learned. Um, you know, Johnson's coming out with all with all sorts of, you know, stupid things. Whereas I think it may be once or twice if he just came out and just said, we weren't good enough from, you know, it wasn't good enough from the players. It wasn't good enough for myself. We need to strive to be better because this ultimately isn't good enough. I think that would wake a few people up as opposed to saying, uh, well, you know, we're, you know, you've got to respect the point. No, I don't respect the point against 10 men against a team in the bottom four. That's the point. You know, yeah, let's I, have I a bit of... interesting rub there. I think if it was away, if that game was away without the 10 men thing away at Wigan, for instance, there I think you could respect the point or you could respect the point if it's away at someone like Ipswich. But yeah, against someone like that comment really annoyed me. Against someone like Shrewsbury when they're in the relegation zone and down to 10 men, now you can do one for that. Yeah. And I think, I'm not, I'm not sure the best way to put it, but, you know, you can say give Johnson till, you know, mid December and see where we are. But, we could still be in a good position come mid-December, even if we continue this run, depending on the results around us. I think you've got to look at, you know, just Sunland's performances, just Sunland's results and say, you know, I'm, I don't know how many games we've got between now and then, but, you know, let's say you need to pick up 15 out of 20 points or something out of the next so many games. And I think that's the way you've got to kind of look at it and think if Johnson doesn't get that or if Sunland don't get that, that's where you possibly draw the line of a risk because... Like I say, Plymouth might not win another game for January. Sunderland might not do the same thing, but you're in the same position, but you haven't shown improvement. Is that realistically a fair way of putting it, Michael? Is that kind of a point aim between now and then? If you don't get it, then time's up. Well, as everyone knows by now, I tend to, when I, when I look at certain fixtures and I look at every month, I try to look at, right, by the end of that month, I want to be on this points tally. So now, say we win on Saturday against Cambridge, the most we'll be on is 35 points, which really, uh, by the end of October, I want it to be above 30. And we're not even, and we're barely just above 30 near the end of November. The, I think, but I do agree what your point, though, is that at what point do you think, it's as you, as you put it yourself before, what's the, out risk of, what's the risk of keeping him outweigh the risk of him turning it around? I think that's an excellent way of putting it. Myself, um, I've said that for me, the points, I've said it, and I think I said it in the, in the uh, Twitter chat, for me, the points tally between at the end of December, so after the Chef Wed game, we should be at least somewhat close to 50 points um, for me to say, OK, there's something that could that could be done there. I like Lee Johnson. I like a lot of the things that I like a lot of the things that he tried to do across, uh, since the summer. And I think as it, I think some of the guys on the Twitter space said last night, 
I'm barely just about trying to keep him in. But unfortunately for him, if there was, as you said, if there was, if the performances don't and results as well, if they do not significantly improve in the next couple of weeks, and I'm talking back to the standard they were in the first ten or so games of the season, take out Portsmouth. It, unfortunately, he's going to be at risk of losing his job, and and a lot of that comes from desperation that we can't afford to be stuck in this league another season. And we've said this the last three times, but still, like it's frustration. I mean, I don't think anybody can can have a go at us for saying, "Oh, well, you know, we're not, we don't want to be stuck in this league another season." Of course, we fucking don't. Sorry for me language, but I don't care. I'm tired of this whole, you know, the expectations thing. But as you said, though. Uh, there comes a point where if it doesn't look like it's going to turn around, unfortunately, Johnson is going to have to pay for that with his job if the, if we're serious about going up. Yeah. And, and you know, John... as, you know, as love just just touched on that as well. It's it still really frustrates me that we we can still and we've done it since we've been down there. Oh, we're, we're you know we're still in touch. We're still in touch. In fairness, it hasn't always been us who have put ourselves there. It's more all right. We've 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 done our own job relatively okay. But it's because of how like poor the league has been, you know, sort of Plymouth getting, you know, smashed last night by Wickham. That's that's the only reason, you know, that we're that we are still yeah. in and around is because of other people's poorness, not not because of our goodness. It'll be nice for once for yeah. us to be, you know, I, I don't even look at the table now because I don't think there's any point because we we're so, you know, we really do need to focus on ourselves. It's not about any if you can do your own job, we don't even need to look at the table. You know, but the only but the only reason for me that all right, we had a very very good start. We know that, but the only reason for me we're still in there is because the other teams are of a poor level inconsistency, and that's you know we've done that since we've been down there. We we keep talking about games and I don't think these players necessarily can handle the pressure of those extra get like technically those extra games that you know oh if you if you don't win that then you know you, you're level. And then you're you're going to be sixth, and you're going to be seventh, and you won't be able to to play that catch up. Just just see what I mean? Is there's always that we have to you know rely elsewhere, and we shouldn't have to do that. It should be about it should be all be about us doing our job. And the reason you know the reason we are still in there is because of other people's you know poor form or poor results. And you know that that is what the league is. But you've you've got to rise above that if you want to get out of this league. It's just a bit of consistency. Yeah. And just looking at some of the games that we've got coming up, obviously Cambridge Saturday, um, in the league anyway, Cambridge Saturday, you've got Oxford, uh, Morecambe, Plymouth and Ipswich. And that's that's kind of the mid-December that, that John alluded to earlier. Mm. So that's five games um, to be played between now and then. Um, one, of them, one of them is Plymouth, two, one of them is Ipswich, two teams that you'd expect to be up there at the end of the season. 15 points up for grabs, John, um, between now and then. What is the minimum return from something like that? Is it like, you know, a 12 points? Yeah, it has to be, you know. And, and does, it get to a point, does it get to a point then if, you know, come 19th of December, which is obviously the day after Ipswich, if you've got, say, 10 or, 10 or less points, is that where you possibly draw the line of saying, right, well, he's had the chance, he's had a chance to get us back to where we should be and he's failed? Yeah, yeah, for, for me, definitely. Um, and I think... You, you could probably look at, you know, a, maybe slightly a different way that, you know, if if we'd have won last night and we win Saturday, you could maybe then forgive, you know, a draw at Ipswich or a home draw to Plymouth. Or to, you, not that I'm saying we should, 
but you, but you could. But you're putting yourself but you're in, the, in the pressure, the, don't you? That's what you mean. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So you, you're going into those games where you're thinking, well, you have to win. You know, the Ipswich game, we had to win that. If we hadn't have won that, you know, it would have been. I think there were some serious decisions that have had to be made. You know, not winning the home game, regardless of who the opposition is. But now you've got, you know. I've seen a few people saying, oh, Cambridge won't be, you know, I'd, I'd still expect us, not being cocky or big head, I'd still expect us to go to Cambridge and, and pick up three points. But like, like I say... That's if, arrogant, you're not allowed that anymore, remember? Yeah. <laughs> I'd call it ambition, which is exactly what we should have. Um, but then, you don't, you know, then, like I say, if, if we do, if we don't slip up on those stupid games like last night, then when you do go into these games... You know, and I'd still expect us to not play like we did against Ipswich, but sort of maybe go toe to toe and and have a bit more of the play. Um, then we, you know, I, I could probably take it. I could take a draw, you know, here or there, or the odd, you know, when we lose to Charlton, that, that's going to happen. But if you keep doing these stupid things like last night, um, you know, when it was clearly there for the taking, when the man was sent off, even I'll, I'll admit it, I put my guard down maybe and thought, well, we've won this. We'd probably be, you know, three four nil easily. Yeah. You know, and that's as soon as you even think that. And I'm not saying the players did, but as soon as you even think that, you know, you are you are banging trouble. But I think, it, I think it has to be a mid-December thing because uh, I know the structure in place with you know transfers and stuff is not necessarily going to be who Johnson wants. It's going to be you know what, you know who who the you know the, the sort of transfer committee whatever want for that for those positions. Um, I don't think that we'd want, you know, we wouldn't want Johnson in that, getting in his players if we are on an absolute downturn. You know, I think yeah. that whoever we, whoever we are lining up should be, I would have hoped, would be lined up in the next sort of two weeks so that they are ready to go. Not necessarily, you know, sort of January the 1st, you know, but one o'clock in the morning, but have those those deals wrapped up and ready to go. Because we, we know we're short, you know, we're, we're short on fullbacks, we're short on... You know, someone, someone big in the middle. If you know, if Ross Stewart doesn't, you know, it doesn't work harder after Johnson's comment. You know, we we need another striker. Um, do you know what I mean? I, I'm not sure I'd have him sort of anywhere anywhere near those those things because it's still a gamble. You know, if we if we stumble into there and we're still okay and in it, but not necessarily playing well, I don't really see it getting any better. Not for me yeah. anyway. And I'm just going to go back to that point you just made there because I was going to make it later on, but I think it's probably best to make it now about what Johnson said last night about Stewart and how you know he's capable of more and is expecting more of him. He doesn't help himself with what he says sometimes, Johnson, does he, Michael? You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Stewart was you know a nine out of ten performer last night. He wasn't, um, and there's so many factors that go into that. You know, the service, the players around him, um, you know, the way we were playing, but. Uh, why Stewart? You know, Lyndon Gooch is the prime example. Is he not capable of more? Would you not expect more from him? Is he? Could he possibly do less this season? Corey Evans, Luke O'Neill, there's so many players you could pick out. There's two players that I wouldn't have picked out and, and kind of slated so far this season, and that would have been Stewart and Neil. And yet Johnson's went essentially for the throat of one of them. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the full the full context in the article, but I mean, I think you, you've just pretty much summed up the gist of it. It's if this, yeah, he doesn't help himself. Saying stuff like that's just moronic in my opinion. Like you look, oh yeah, Stuart, the guy who scored 10 goals this season, 10, 11 goals, whatever it is in the league. And he's got his really good hold up play. And he's often the linchpin of our attacks and has to do a lot of the dirty work because a lot of our players can't be bothered to do anything going forward. Oh yeah. But he's the one who needs to do better. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That, just, that, that, that to me makes no sense. There's so many other players I would be looking at and questioning that, are your, have you got your standards high enough to have an effect on these games? Lyndon Gooch, as you've just said, he's someone that, for all that I get frustrated with, I think that he could, he, he, we know in this league he is capable of the odd moment of quality here and there. Even whether we think that's good enough, obviously it's a different question, but he is capable of more and he's shown at the minute. Aidan O'Brien, yeah, he's a workhorse, I suppose, but I think he could be shown a little bit more goals-wise. There's, there's so many other players that can do so much more. And to, have, to, to, to basically go for Stewart, if, he, if that was what his intention was, then what, what are you saying? Like, what on earth are you saying? Stewart has been by far and away one of our best players this season. Him and Dan Neal, you could say, are probably the two standouts that consistently enough that we've had. And if you're going for the throw of Stewart, then I'm starting to wonder whether there is, some, unfortunately, I don't know whether there has something that there is something that's gone on inside the dressing room. And, and I'll tell you what, there'll be something that things will go on behind the dressing room with that, with comments like, if comments like that keep getting made. Yeah. And the one question that I put to Michael and multiple other people yesterday, John, or last night, is if Johnson goes, again, the big question is, who comes in and, and why would you bring them in? There was a Leeds fan who messaged us after we did the space yesterday and one of the names that he mentioned was, of course, Nuno, who's just been sacked from Tottenham. I don't think that's a very realistic appointment. No, but <laughs> If Johnson does go, what route do you go down? Do you do like what Barnsley did or you know what Norwich did? Do you go abroad and get some kind of unknown entity manager where you know he's achieved something with a similar kind of squad with similar expectations in a different country with a different style of play? Or do you go for someone like Ipswich did in a Paul Cook where they've been in this league, they've got promoted from this league? Do you go for Roy Keane who hasn't had much experience but gets the club, he'll, you know, he'll get the atmosphere up again? You know, which, which route would you go down if Johnson was to go? Uh, I, th- I think that is a real, a real tough one. Um... Is, you know, personally for me, I, I think you've got to be looking at someone like, obviously he's at Swansea now, but maybe you, you're Russell Martin, uh, sort of type manager. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong, I love like Roy, I love Roy Keane, um, but I'm not sure he's the type of type of guy. You know, Johnson's talking about, you know, they the players can't handle some of the pressure from the fans. They're not going to play for Roy Keane, are they? Let's be honest, you know, with those pressures. Um, I think it's. I think it needs to be someone, maybe it's very easy to say this, but, you know, sort of a middle of the range of, of maybe someone between Russell Martin and maybe a Paul Cook, maybe someone who's been, who has been there and done it, sort of maybe, you know, on the up and up, maybe. But even then, I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't even really pluck a name for you. I don't think we're at the stage where we could go to a championship and 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 sort of, you know, pay some compensation and get someone to drop that. I don't think, um, you know, as much as I think we're a big club, I just don't think we've got that clout um, at the moment. And I, I genuinely wouldn't wouldn't have a name for you. Um, everyone else, you know, maybe, you know, we, we've gone down the 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 route of, of managers, you know, your Graysons and your and your Parkinsons, and it's, you know, did 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 they really? Did they really get the place and the, maybe the ambition and you know to puff the chest out? But again, are we being too? I don't. I don't think we are. But are we being too? You know, too ambitious in that in that aspect. Um, you know that that we're going to get a manager who's who thinks he's as big or bigger like than us. If in terms of stature, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, if if you see like 
um, you know, sort of, I don't know, the, the Plymouth manager. I, don't, I can't remember what his name is, but apparently working wonders. You know, if we, if we went though, for him, yeah, if we, you know, if we went for him, um, would would we just turn out to be, you know, another Parkinson or, you know, oh, you've got to respect the point at Gillingham and, you know, just stupid comments like that. And you think, you know, it's, it's it really is a, a million dollar question. I, I, I genuinely don't have, have the answers, but it's got to be, I think with the model we've got, it's got to be someone quite fresh. Um, I'm not quite sure on all the, the certain management speak. I think sometimes Johnson could just, you know, well, he's still got his job uh, for the time being. It's just, just maybe just keep it simple. Um, you know, because we don't need to overcomplicate things. Football's not really that complicated and we shouldn't overcomplicate it. It is when um, are concerned, like, yeah, but it, it, sh- it shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Like yesterday, I'll no, give an example. Do you know what I mean? You you take off uh, Aidan O'Brien, who was absolutely pointless yesterday. You know, you don't play him for like two or three games and then you bring him in and, you know, what a waste of time. Um, so then you you bring Corey Evans on. You then have to push Gooch, who was having an OK game at right back. I thought, I thought he was quite an attacking threat. You push him up, you move Winchester. And it's like, what? What are we doing? You know, mm. those those players must think, what? You know, because Gooch was playing OK. I thought Winchester was playing OK. All right, we, we needed to freshen up. I thought we needed to freshen up the forward play. You know, take Aidan O'Brien off, bring Embleton on. Embleton can find those pockets, you know, and keep the balls well. He's very good on the ball. You know, a lot younger, a lot fitter. You know, he, he's got something to prove. We know that because at the moment he is in a, in a terrible run of form. You know, same as Corey, but bringing on Corey Evans, you know, waste of time. Absolute waste of time. You've got McGeady you're bringing on. I'd expect a hell of a lot from Aidan McGeady, but yesterday, all I saw was a couple of sidesteps and an injury. Everyone just sort of worked him out. It's, yeah. <laughs> Johnson's just, it's almost like he's just a, you know, it's his own downfall at the moment. Just keep it simple. Keep, like, if he went back to basics, keep it basic then, because basic worked, and then build from the basics. You know, I yeah. didn't, yesterday, Broadhead played, I didn't really see him link up with anybody. Not really. He just seemed to sort of be on his own the whole time. And then obviously you were talking before about Stuart needs to work harder. I don't know if that was maybe just taken out of context a bit. But yesterday I thought Stuart wasn't really in the right places where all the crosses were going. Not that he didn't work his arse off, because I think he did. But you can't but, then... But again, you know. I think what one thing that I said yesterday is, and I would agree that uh, he hasn't been getting in the places, but... Is that because he is literally having to do the job of everyone else around him? You know, he's having to do Embleton's job where he's on the pitch and dropping deep to get the ball. He's having to run the wings because there's no one else getting further enough forward. It's, you know, is that the reason why he's not, you know, getting in the right positions, getting in the six-yard box for the crosses? Because he's literally having to do the job of the attackers who should be giving him the service? He shouldn't have to be, you know. There should be, if he's pulling out wide, which I don't think he should be, but when he does... You know, there should be plenty of people to make their way into the box because we know eventually the ball's coming in. We are a little bit at the moment, death by crosses. Um, yeah. But, you know, they, they were coming into into the front post and Stuart was at the back post. They were coming to the back post and Stuart was at the front post. It was almost like it wasn't, it just wasn't working. Um, and he's talking about, you know, he started moaning about the width. And then what you had is Aidan O'Brien tucked right in like an inside striker but didn't move. And then every time Gooch brought the ball forward, he went inside. But, so there, there is no whip, is there? But you left it for 60 minutes before you changed anything. You know, yeah. if you want the whip, you have to have whip both sides and you stretch them. And that's how you stretch a team who have got 10 men. It, again, it's, you know, I'm not a coach and I'm not a manager, but it, it's, it's quite 
easy to see. I, I, again, I, another thing, I don't see why. Like, like I said, we we don't have, you know, one of the youngsters who's scoring for the under twenty threes regularly. Why is he not on the bench? And as soon as that man gets sent off, give it ten minutes, and then you take someone else off and you put them up front and play with two, and then they've got two to think about. Ross Stewart's going wide all the time, and your centre backs are having a having an easy day of it. Is they, oh, it's it's so frustrating. It really is that like we've massively overcomplicated. Like. I wouldn't have said Broadhead was alongside Stuart yesterday. They've just, I don't I even remember. With the subs as well, if you do put an extra tackle on, if you take O'Brien off and put, you know, a Harris on, obviously he wasn't on the bench, or, or a McGee and Embleton, that fourth of Shrews be further back as well. Otherwise, they, you know, it could have been two, three, four nil. But bringing on Evans means Shrewsbury could come at us more, and you could definitely see that in the way they started to play after that substitution. Yeah, and you didn't need it because you got Dan Nil playing in the middle, which is fine. At Winchester, you could have then put a back three because they weren't testing us out wide then. A back three of Doyle, uh, Wright and maybe 9 just sit in and then you can play a lot forward. It didn't happen. You know, they put us on the back foot and we looked like we had, you know, 10 men and it was just, we got totally overrun. They score. They've got something to protect and we can't break it down. That's, you know, that's how, how the game went. Yeah. Um, we'll look briefly at the game, Michael. There wasn't too much to talk about. I suppose there's three talking points. First one, Pritchard's goal. Um, quick take and free kick from 09, I think it was. Good finish. And realistically, the only positive, I would say, from the game yesterday, Pritchard, you know, we, we've seen what he's capable of. We've not, well, we know what he's capable of. And I think that's probably the first time he's kind of showcased that. Yeah, agreed. I think obviously as well, Pritchard got a couple of assists this season and for him to get on the score sheet, I think he'll do, hopefully do his, conf- the, the dreaded C word, confidence. Hopefully that will um hopefully that'll do that the world of good. Yeah. And the second top point, John, um half time, the red card, which we've alluded to a few times. I don't really think you can have too many questions over that one. No, nah, I looked a bit of a of a naughty one. I think it's just I think nowadays you get um I think not the tackle. I think he, he might actually touch the ball, but the second one, uh, like sort of his legs sort of wrapped around and that's obviously classed as dangerous play. So you can't really have, have any complaints. Don't give the referee a you know, a decision to make. Yeah, and I mean, I think that even the, um, and all of the Shrewsbury fans on Twitter were saying it's a red card. There was some trying to say it wasn't, but for me, I think it definitely was. And then the equaliser, um, which came in the second half, Michael. And again, it, it wasn't a cross into the box that it came from, but it was a ball into the box from a long throw and we didn't really deal with, cleared it, didn't clear it far enough. And then it's a wonder strike, according to Lee Johnson, um, which I'm not sure where, how much of a overreaction that one is? Yeah, I think it was, a, yeah, um, it was defendable, and we just didn't deal with it again. Well, yeah, you know, it's this stuff like that. Even if even if you don't go for in the game, and it's hard to defend, it's hard to be switched on mentally for the whole second half. But that's why clean sheets are vital. If you keep a clean sheet, look at the games that we've dropped points in the season. You turn them into wins. Yeah, um, but obviously it did finish one-one, and it didn't really change much in the grand scheme of things for Sunderland in the league table but Saturday Cambridge John what do you change going into the game do you get McGeady back into the team do you give Diaku a start who didn't really do much when he came on as a sub by that one memorable free kick that you took or again do you just rely with the players that you're using at the moment and hope to turn it around uh, I would assume that McGeady's probably injured um, so probably won't play that game not that he starts many games Um because our wide players are not really doing the business, I think, uh, well, especially on the right-hand side anyway, um, I'd probably give Diaku um, maybe a, a confidence 
boost in saying that you're going to play for the next couple of games. Um, he's play out wide. I expect you to to go at your man every single time um, because we, he has got the ability. You know, he just maybe needs a bit of confidence, a bit of a, uh, a maybe a you know a sort of kick up the bum a little bit. Um, but I thought Pritchard, the other side before he went off, was uh, was decent. So I think if you've got that that balance, because Pritchard didn't really tuck in. So if you can have him on the left, and then you've got um, the other side in Dayaku, um, and maybe. I'd like to see Broadhead and Ross Stewart maybe a little bit closer and just just maybe be like the the top of the the tip of the sword if you know what I mean and and stay central. We don't need Ross Stewart going out wide holding the ball up and because when you're whipping it in you haven't got the people in there. We need Ross Stewart in the middle. Um, I think the defence, to be fair, I think did alright. I'd probably keep Gooch at right back because he's not really a threat on the right wing, um, but I think he is. He is good at going forward and he, and he works hard. And I think Winchester and Dan New in the middle were, are probably OK. Apart from that, we've got a lot of injuries. Um, so there's not really a lot else you can do. I don't think... I don't, I'm not quite sure I want Johnson probably messing with the system, you know, trying the three at the back, because I think he just overcomplicate it and the rest of them will just think, what the fuck is going on here? So maybe just keep it the same as we are. But the, I think from Johnson, they all need a rock out of the arse, all of them. Yeah. Um, for the game, Michael, um, what are you going to go with for a score prediction? Depends on the depends on the uh, how much responsibility the players take. Uh, Cambridge drew with Wigan, didn't they? But I think if I'm right, they were two 0 up. Two um, two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go. On, I'll say two one. Something to be positive, but I mean Johnson's going to get even more scrutiny and pressure if we don't win the game. Yeah, and again, John, it's. It, I think it's fair to say Saturday is a lot more than just getting a one nil win, a two one win. A, a, it's it's more than a win. It's the performance that you need to see a big improvement in, for for realistically for Johnson to get any of the fans that have turned against him back on side. I think a one nil win, a draw, and a defeat, which I think would be probably not surprising at this point, but catastrophic at this point. Um, I think that's what's needed. Yeah, I think I think we do we do need to see a performance. Um, and I'd you know oh, I'd like to say a run of the mill two nil two nil win. I think that probably probably doing. But again, we know it just doesn't happen like that. So first and foremost, win the game. Let's try and get some sort of performance and plan um, to to build on. Because um, like you say, otherwise it's you know even if we scrape at one nil. You know, we'll take the result, but we know that we know, and he knows as well. You know, the pressure's on, but hopefully, a two-nil win, a clean sheet, um, and you know, let's let's have a half half decent performance. Yeah, but that is the time we have for Lant today. That's two and two days we've had now um, after Twitter as well. Um, I appreciate you both coming on again. Thanks for having me. We okay. will. I'm sure the view. I'm sure the uh, listening views will be a bit higher when you rant. Always is. Always is. People love a rant. Don't think people like a defeat, but they certainly like listening about a defeat. Um, Saturday before the game, probably do another live on Twitter just to kind of we'll try and find a Cambridge fan if they exist and and get them in to kind of talk us through what to expect, 
albeit when Shrewsbury told us what to expect, we got the complete opposite and, and quite, didn't quite go to plan, but we'll do that. And then, of course, depending on the result, we might be live after. And then we'll also have a podcast out on Sunday where we talk about the game. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks. Thank you.